0: Welcome to episode four of the Eche podcast. Today I have on a very cool person and an even cooler story. Dylan Wallace, thanks for coming on today, man.
1: My pleasure, dude. I'm excited. uh,
0: Yeah, me too. I saw you just got some Starbucks coffee. So what's your go to? Uh, Man, the vanilla Venti cold brew with sugar free vanilla.
1: Is there what's the coffee scene like in in Fort Worth? Uh, It's growing. It honestly it's growing. There's my personal favorite and Lauren's personal favorite, my wife, is Vaquero. Oh, it's really? actually yeah, it's actually downtown. It's not, you probably it's not, it doesn't have the vibes of like you'd want in like a cool coffee shop, but their coffee is like hands down the best. Oh I mean it's a it's a cool little spot. It's in like a an old like jeweler, like old, probably like twenties, thirties, nineteen twenties or thirties building. And it's at the bottom of an old jewelry shop and it's just like a small little uh, you know austin's got coffee i feel like i feel like you just described the coolest coffee
0: shop i've ever heard of. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, i mean hey they they need a little bit of like better style in into their coffee shop but the coffee man it's unreal
0: i'm i'm a huge like coffee shop fan like the ambiance the vibe and so I didn't really start drinking coffee until I went to grad school at Texas State just because I needed it. I was always so busy and, and yeah. doing random stuff. But just where the scenes where I've lived at in San Marcus and Austin now, I got really spoiled by being in really cool coffee places, you know, that have a good oh, yeah. coffee vibe. So
1: I feel like Austin's got to be like a top one of the top coffee places, at least in Texas for sure.
0: Yeah, I have my um his name is Sparky Crawford, I think you know him, but yeah. yeah he's he's quite a coffee snob and saying that like Tennessee has a much better uh, coffee town than Austin and usually I want to fight him every time he came, he came <laughs> through Austin actually recently and he was like man this coffee I got at this place is great and I was like you think that is great like <laughs> tell me that's great the Tennessee is ass <laughs> no doubt
1: I actually uh I have I have a AJ, the guy I work for, he always tried to put me on to a flat track. Is that what it is in Austin? Yeah, flat track. I always heard amazing things. He's like, Did you go to try flat track? So, yeah. and it was early in COVID or maybe like mid COVID. So we go, we were in Austin, we go, and I didn't have a good experience. Oh, what happened? It just like, the, you know, the guys were kind of assholes and then the coffee just wasn't great. But I was like, I'm not going to chalk it up to it not being good. I'm just going to call that like a, a bad trip. Sure. I, I
0: love that. It's good perspective. I can say it's, I've had great experiences there. And then it's connected to that bike shop and I get like yeah. work on there. And so good oh, that's experience. perfect. So I, I'm sure you just had that one in like 1000 experience, yeah. unfortunately. So, um, but I'm super excited to talk to you today. Yeah, I think your story is really cool. Um, for those that don't know, kind of just tell people what you do. And then also like, where you came from in terms of weren't you doing like roofing at some point? And then now you're doing this.
1: Yeah, man. So like, let's start at, so my dad owns a roofing company and has for 30 plus years. So when I graduated high school, I moved in with him. I'd never lived with him. So I moved in with him. Um, and I basically started roofing, you know, I was at TCC and I was roofing. I was, actually physically like you know installing roof. and it's commercial roofing by the way it's not residential so it's not shingles oh whoa so, yeah so basically flat roofs big industrial buildings malls you know
0: so are you like really high up and things like that
1: uh you could be yeah i mean it just depends no no nope. skyscrapers or anything but yeah you're talking like a big warehouse industrial kind of thing but down to the size of like a sonic but just like commercial flat roofs. so I did that for, man, as soon as I graduated, I started. Actually, like June after we graduate, I started roofing. And I remember like my first day on the roof, it was like a Burger King. I had no idea what I was doing. And I wore a wife beater with no sunscreen. And I go out there for like, you know, 11 hours and then I get home and I actually had like, I couldn't work for the next three days because I had like blisters from sunburns. Oh, it was no joke. yeah I mean, I was just just an idiot about it, but like leave all the you know boring details out. I did that for a couple of years off and on at tCC like I was trying to like maybe I could do this for the company and do that like I was trying to find my place in the company, and then I decided you know that I wanted to start taking my school serious because I was at tCC for three and a half years, and I was just really just jacking around not taking yeah. care of business, so I um i met lauren and was really like a blessing for my like education because she's extremely studious and i wanted to you know like i was like man i gotta get my shit together i can't keep you know hanging around same people i was hanging around with doing the same thing and expecting something to change so i kind of started like buckling down taking school serious and she said she was going to go to tech or i think it was either you know like tech or I think Texas state was another one. Cause they have good nursing school. True. And I was like, man, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't, I've never even thought about going to school outside of like, Oh, I'll just guess I'll just go to UTA. So I, you know, like she decides that she's going to go to tech and I was like, you know, that's probably a good move for me just to get away from just the, the stagnant like life that I was in here. Uh, the so, hometown,
0: it happens. I yeah. Like- you know how it is. Uh, yeah.
1: So I you know, I applied at tech. Uh, well, I you know I, I got my GPA right, I got all my grades around. I basically had to take like a year and a half of classes over just to like replace the D's and F's that I got oh, man. With, with B's. you know so you know, I ended up getting in at tech. I go there, um, I go there for business because that was always what I was just I was like, well, my dad' owns a roofing company. I'll probably just do that. You know, I wasn't passionate about it. In fact, I hated it. <laughs> but so I get to tech at for a business major and I didn't have the GPA to get into the business school yet. So I was taking a few classes to get it up and then apply to get in. And then in the meantime, I was like, I just I don't want to do business. I don't like it. And I also felt like I was just kind of getting into Reddit. Like I Reddit was like a really crazy Early on, and like when I was in my early twenties, like it was a really influential place for me to learn.
0: I, I love Reddit. And yes, I hear that. I've joined probably at the latter end of its like heyday, but I hear like in the past it was like way cooler than what it is now. Even though yeah, it's it, cool right now, but it was way different in the past.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can really like curate anything you want to learn on there, and yeah. even to this day, like if I Google something and I want a question, I'll Google it and then I just put Reddit at the end. Yeah, and I'll pull the Reddit threads. But it, I started reading a lot about like mindfulness and you know Zen, uh, like self awareness. Like I got into those subreddits and I would just go down wormholes of just like watching videos and reading threads and just like learning all this stuff. And I realized, like, man, if I even if I do work in roofing, even if I take over my dad's company, like a degree is really not going to help me. Would do that. Oh, interesting. It's really going to be like, you know, working and applying. The skills itself because just like any like an entrepreneur or business owner like you can get a degree but really your degree is helping you network with the people you meet in business you're not really like the best way to learn business is to actually run a business or do it to do it so you know what i'm saying so i i decided that i wanted to get my degree in something i was passionate about so i got my degree in conservation science which is basically like um undoing all the problems that humans have caused the planet like that in essence like on the foundational level like that's what the degree is you know and it that's what I am passionate about is like traveling being outside hiking you know on earth so I I pivoted to that I get my degree I moved back here and, you know, it's like the first thing I could do, just the easiest income was to start roofing again. Okay. Temporarily. So I come back and well, I, I start. I do
0: have a question for you. Yeah. You yeah. Came back and you started roofing. Did you already have it in your mind that, all right, this is temporary, but I'm going to go find kind of what I'm passionate about? I'm just doing this to make income right now.
1: In a way. Um, so the camera stuff isn't even in the picture at all. Right. And this is basically just, I, I knew I didn't want a roof, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I knew that roofing was the easiest way to start paying my student loans. Based essentially, like that was the driver of getting back with that. But I did come back with a degree. So I kind of approached my dad's very old school. He doesn't market, he doesn't advertise, he's just word of mouth. And he's done really well. Right. And for him, you know. And so I felt like, oh, I've got a degree, like I have all this knowledge. Maybe I could just like fill a role that's not actually putting roofs on and it's more of like the marketing advertising side for sure so for a couple years i tried that um but we just don't see eye to eye on a lot of things so we butted heads a little bit and i guess it was so it's 2021 i guess it was mar uh beginning of this year like he basically said that he was going to cut my salary he in in essence he doesn't need what i do like it's not bringing money in okay even though i like i ref- i got a we have actually have a brand now like i refreshed the brand i got a logo built you know professionally like it's all cohesive and it looks good and honestly like a lot of people you know a lot of people a lot of companies have full-time positions for what i was doing
0: Yeah. A lot of people want that. They they want to do that
1: for them. (laughs) Right. And, but in his eyes, it was just like, you know, I don't need a cool logo. I don't need a brand. I can, I've been doing fine without it. Right. Which in his point is, you know, I kind of get it, but at the same time, it's like, I I had bigger goals. Like he had always told me, you know, I think you could grow the company like bigger than I could or what I've done. Like I kind of feel like I've done what I can. Maybe you can take it to the next level. So I took that and I was like, well the next level to me is like let's make it a brand like let's get on social media blah blah blah. but so we he cuts my salary he's like you know you're gonna go be full commission which i've never like sold roofs before so that was like a a big shock for me and it kind of like pulled the rug out from under because i was like man i'm like i'm about to get married i'm i've never really done anything else you know i had like small part-time jobs but nothing like career wise and i didn't know what i wanted to do i just knew i didn't want a roof right and so, what when
0: is this too like how recent is this you mentioned like this this of- was the beginning of this year holy mo- so this is fairly recent
1: yeah i mean we're talking i think it, he probably brought it up in november december and he was like I'll, after the first of the year like you know you're not going to be getting another paycheck basically unless you sell something or which in hindsight everything has worked out because i still work i still roof on the side cool. but i just i just usually just selling like small like houses like we'll roof a house now but so i if it's like a, you know a friend a family member mm-hmm. someone's like hey i know a guy that if they put me on to someone like i'll take care of it just because it's extra money Right, I'm not going to turn it Is down. That but part
0: of your doing as well. I know that you mentioned when you first started, it was commercial. But did you kind of help pivot that direction? Yeah, we're going to do residential too.
1: Yeah, I did. That was like the thing. I tried to like kind of start up the residential branch. That's cool. but I just Yeah, I mean, I was trying to like you know wheel and deal like because I don't. I wouldn't. I'm not like one of those guys that would say I'm. Oh, I'm an. I've started a bunch of businesses. I'm an entrepreneur. But I've always had the like the urge. I've never wanted to work the traditional nine to five. I've always like. I've been a hustler forever. Like in sixth grade, I used to sell candy at school, just like bring the caramel apple suckers. And I would just sell them to people at school. I'd carry a big ass bag and sell them. And I would pay for my lunch with that money. And yeah. then I did that through like middle school. It's
0: it's interesting. You said, cause I was, I was about to say like, it sounds like you're an entrepreneur, kind of like you have these ideas and thoughts and you're kind of putting them into action. And I just interviewed someone the other day, he owns his own physical therapy company, but he was like, I always knew I had something about me. He was like in fifth grade, I was selling this or that. And I got to buy myself an Xbox and something else. <laughs> He's an entrepreneur now though. So there's yeah. reds, man. It's really interesting.
1: No, it, it is. And it's like now that I'm older and I feel like the older I get, the more aware I am of like putting all these things together. And I kind of see, I'm like, I maybe, you know, like some people just don't, they want more than just, which a lot of people don't care. And I'm not talking down at all. It's like, cause a nine to five is secure. It's fine. It's like, Absolutely. there's a lot of positives that come with a nine to five and that are like less stressful than running your own business or trying to do your own thing. But I, I definitely just always felt the drive. Like I just, I want to be more free, you know, for
0: sure. it that freedom or that autonomy. And I can definitely say that too. I was working at Lululemon on the weekends and I was working at a gym Equinox for like Monday through Friday. And now that I just work for myself, it is, it's so nice, man. Like, I don't have to be anywhere that I don't want to be. And I'm, I'm choosing to be here at certain hours. It's kind of this beautiful flow. And I feel like it actually maximizes my productivity when I choose to work on things.
1: Right. Absolutely. I fully agree.
0: I So keep going in terms of start of this year and, and kind of like what you're doing now, like what helped you transition into like this? Like, I can't yeah. explain it.
1: Okay. So <clears throat> uh so the apartments we lived at is where i met the guys i work for okay but i actually like we lived there probably six months is this chair creaky you're good man okay (laughs) i hear i'm like damn i need some (laughs) wd-40 um the so i'm let me backtrack so yeah the apartments um we moved in there we probably lived there six months and i'm trying to figure out how to piece this together because i bought a camera before i knew them like i had tried to like get into photography before i met them so should i start there
0: yeah like kind of at what point of like roofing you bought a camera like and then that <laughs> changed into
1: like what you're doing now prop man probably uh, so my, we, we went. I didn't get to travel like as a kid, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did. I get it. I did go to Panama with Coach Holland, actually, <laughs> the soccer coach at our high school. But in ju- junior year, Um, but my grandma, like, is like the greatest woman on the planet. She just somehow came up with the money and like sent me to Panama with Coach Holland as a vacation. But like outside of that, I didn't really you know get to travel. We didn't have the money to so. When I turned 18, it was just kind of like a thing in my mind. It's like, I want to go travel. I want to go travel. So, as soon as I went to Colorado for the first time, like I was hooked and always just the traveling aspect makes me want to take pictures. So, I originally, like, I borrowed my dad's camera, like their family camera, um, to take photos one year. And that when we went to Colorado, And that was really probably like one of the first times where I was like, man, this is, this is, this like a cool feeling when you take a photo and you like, you like the photo. Yes. So I kind of got into it then, but I had a, one of my best friends, um, Ryan that, that passed away. He, he was a photographer and he is really the one that got me into it because we, we took a backpacking trip, um, back in 2016 when I graduated college, we took a, a national park trip. So, where we went, they actually, he's a teacher. He was a teacher. Mm-hmm. So, he, they took all summer and like him and another buddy that I have that's in dental school, they drove around to all the national parks. They plotted it out from basically oh, wow. starting here up through Arizona, the West Coast, um, Yellowstone Glacier, and back down. Right. And then I flew out for like a portion of it, like a 12 day portion. And I remember this. Yeah. So, we, we, I flew out to Vegas and we hit like I basically hit all the California, Oregon and Washington, and then I flew back. But they we all of us were getting into cameras kind of at the same time. Ryan was more advanced than me. I didn't really know a lot, but he was like a landscape photographer. So he's like, oh, let's you know get everyone see if y'all can get a camera. We can like you know learn to take pictures. I can teach y'all some stuff or whatever. So I like scrounged up some money and bought like a cheap Canon and took it on the trip and like all the photos were, I mean, I, I like remember vividly, like when I look back at the photos now, I'm like, man, I know what I was trying to do. Right. I just couldn't do it. I just didn't know what I was doing. All the photos were just unusable, honestly.
0: So what was going through your mind is, you know, what I'm hearing is like, you care about the environment and, you know, you kind of study that at tech. And then as you were growing up, you weren't able to travel that much. So, what did it mean to you when you got to go on this trip with your friends, super close friends, and you're traveling at state parks seeing some of the most beautiful just foliage and trees and like America what did that feel like for you?
1: Man, it's crazy. I look back now and I'm just like it's like a once in a lifetime kind of thing, you know. Absolutely. It's, yeah. To be able to go and do that and just you know, we're like having hiking permits, backpacking permits. So we basically it was like a hybrid trip. We were driving to the national parks mm-hmm. and then we would camp. You know, and and then like we went to Yosemite. We camped in the backcountry. We we're probably two miles, you know, away from civilization up overlooking Half Dome and had a couple bear experiences. Um just like just stuff that you can't relive. And then now, especially with Ryan, you know, being gone, it's like, it makes it even more special. Oh,
0: for sure. It kind of amplifies the effect. I'm sure that was during the process, it had to be cathartic to just finally get to take your own photos. And you mentioned something earlier, like looking at a photo and actually liking it. But the fact that you own that, like you took that and that's a piece of you like out in that area. I think that's like a beautiful concept.
1: It is. And I didn't really, like I've always heard people talk about that and I didn't really get it. And I don't think, I mean, maybe sometimes people do get it if you're in the arts and creativity and stuff, but it's really hard to understand what it is like to take a photo and it be like a really great photo. And then the feeling that it gives you when you took it and you're like, man, I made that, or like I saw this vision and then I put it onto the camera in a way. So
0: I have a question for you. At what point did, did you ever use Reddit to kind of help you pick up skills? or tips in terms of using the like photography and cameras
1: oh yeah well i'll get into that because that was like a it wasn't reddit it was more youtube but it was a that was a huge learning tool for me so i guess i'll finish let me i'll get us to that so i we do that trip and that trip basically gives me the bug for like photography but we come back home and i don't touch the camera for. Man, probably two years, a year and a half. You know, it's like I come home and this is a big struggle even to this day for me is that I don't feel like I live in a place that's quote unquote pretty, you know, or it's photogenic because of what I was interested in at the time was just landscapes. Right. And to be honest, I think we can both be honest here. Like Fort Worth isn't pretty, you know, as far as landscapes is concerned. Like where do you just that shot, you know? Exactly. You know, we've got the Trinity River and that's the that's the river we've got. So I felt like I was kind of like boxed in and I didn't have anything to take pictures of, so I just didn't. And then you know, I just got busy with life and it's on the back burner. And so I didn't touch it for a while. And then I can't really remember what made me think of it again. I, I think Ryan you know, like he's one of my best friends. So we we would talk, he would be taking photos down there because he lived in New Brombles. Like that group of guys, they all live in New Bromwell's Austin, San Antonio. That's, area. that's a beautiful
0: hill country area where you do have access. You can go to San You right. know, you can go through New Bromwells, you can go through like Austin. And there's just <clears> so much like greenery and in landscapes and hills and valleys. Like I think of like the BK's Westlake area out here in Austin, the, the rolling hills, you know? It's yeah. Like,
1: Yeah, y'all definitely have a lot more than we have up here. But he would, you know, he was into it. He would take his photos and stuff. And I think we went on a we went on a trip to Arkansas. A little bit, you know, like the the year that he died, it was that it was that year we went on a trip to Arkansas. It was me and Lauren and him and his girlfriend at the time. And he's like, "Dude, bring your camera." blah, Blah blah. Backtrack i i bought a camera okay. so i bought a camera on a credit card and it was a i felt that it was like a it was a crucial moment because i felt it was a like a business investment so. i don't i honestly can't remember a lot of the thoughts that went into it but i bought a pretty nice camera i mean it's still to this day the camera i use for my photos it's so interesting
0: sunny- it's interesting that you did that because that was a a moment that you chose that this was an investment for like this is a business investment and that's different than me just going to buy a Canon rebel because I want to, you know, that's that's
1: really cool. Yeah. I'm, I honestly can't remember like what led to it or what, I think I just had, I always had the itch to like, man, I want to be good. I would see, you know, Instagram, probably I would see all these photos, the photographers and stuff. And I'm like, man, I want to be able to take those photos, you know, and now in hindsight, the camera is not, The thing you can obviously like you can have better cameras and you can have worse cameras, but it's really not the camera, it's the photo. And so eliminate all of the I'm not sure why I did it at this point, but I did. I bought it on a credit card and I basically told myself if I spent the money on it that I would use it. Like if you're gonna spend the money on it, learn how to use it and get good with it. And I did. And it was right before the trip with Ryan. So I took it and we like took some night starry photos at night. Okay. You know, I took it on a, a couple of hikes and I took a like a waterfall photo and I got back and his photos were actually better than mine. <laughs> Shocker. And yeah, I know. And I'm like, you know, I kind of like, you have ebbs and flows, anything with the arts or, I mean, anything in life, but really with like arts and creativity and stuff, it's, you have a lot of like imposter syndrome where you're like, what am I doing? I'm not good. Even to this day, it's like mm-hmm. a huge thing that I deal with and anyone I ever really hear, you know, even some of the people I look up to kind of deal with it. So do you, think? I, that,
0: do you think that you mentioned, gosh, I think when you started looking at Reddit, like for mindfulness and things like that, do you think cultivating some skills in that area allow you to dance or handle the imposter syndrome that you have, you know, random times now, like better?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, a you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube kind of thing with me. Like, once I learn something, you can't unlearn it. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's there. Like, it's implanted in my brain. And I do, like, it definitely helps me, like, level myself out. You know, it's like, hey, you're not going, like, the, you only see especially with Instagram, which is like, Oh, you just use Instagram because it's the, the app for photography or it used to be. And now it's kind of everything. But when you look at photography or Instagram, it's like curated for the best that they're showing you. So it's not, you don't see the work that went in. You don't see the behind the scenes, you know, my favorite photographer, you don't see the years and years of work or the bad photos that they took. Right. So it, it definitely helps me like, kind of be like take a step back out of myself and analyze situations and and you know kind of assess like where i'm at so but i think i was at the where was i at it just uh, the the arkansas trip and then yeah so that got me back into it um i had just bought it and so i came back and i was feeling like I was feeling confident and ready to like actually do something with my camera. And really the whole purpose I bought it was I wanted to be able to like make cool videos and take cool photos. When I travel, that was my main purpose and everything. I didn't want to like be a famous photographer. I didn't, I didn't even plan on doing it as a job ever. Interesting. It was, it was just like a passion project. And I just wanted to be able to like, if I travel to Colorado or Yosemite, I wanted to be able to make a really fucking cool video, you know, of my trip. And yeah. that was what was driving me. And so I basically, we had moved into that apartment. Now I'll connect it all. And um, so the guy who lives above me is now AJ, one of the guys I work for. And then the guy that lived two doors down was his business partner, Dustin, who's the guy I worked for. Okay. And, and what we, do they do? They own 12 Midnight, which is a creative agency that I worked for. Very cool. So, but the weird thing was we, we probably lived there six, eight months and I never, I didn't talk to them. I didn't know them. Like I remember seeing Dustin a lot and I felt like, you know, you can kind of always like gauge someone just from looking at them, like what they're into or whatever. Yeah. And like being in Texas, you kind of like you have a demographic of people and he didn't look like everyone else. And okay. he would like have a skateboard randomly or something, you know? So I was like, Oh, he just doesn't look like the, you know, plat- like the cliche kind of Texan or whatever. Okay. And, but I still like, we didn't really talk. Like we just didn't p- cross paths ever. And then one I saw a, So there was a house in Fort Worth called Black House. you probably never heard of that. But it was like a weird, exclusive party house. And the whole house is like near downtown. Whole house was matte black. Everything. And it's like an old two-story, like Victorian-style home. All painted matte black. And they would have like exclusive parties there. Like Leon would go there. You know, it was like a thing. But they, and these people lived there. And I never went, but I'm telling you based on like hearsay, it's Mm -hmm. not a thing anymore, but it was kind of like a weird concept. And I read an article in Fort Weekly about it and I like pulled it up on Instagram and I was like, what? This is like a, it's a crazy thing. Like these people live here and they have parties and they'll move all their furniture out of the way and they live upstairs and they have parties where people are in their house, in their big ass lot with their fence. And they're just throwing these parties that are like exclusive.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah, so it was just, like, a cool article, and then i go and look on Instagram, and when I got in their story, I recognized the guy in their story, and it was Dustin. Is he your neighbor? Yeah, but I didn't, I was like, man, I I know that guy, but I can't, I don't know where, and then, so I, like, clicked his Instagram, and I was scrolling, and I was like, dude, that's, that guy's my fucking neighbor, (laughs) and I was like, this is crazy, and then I saw, like, you know, he's taking photos of musicians, he's doing all this crazy shit, and I was like, oh, dude, that's, like, perfect. You know, cause at this time I'm like, just like absorbing everything camera related. Like I wasn't watching TV and that's kind of where I was saying I could pick up, how did I learn this? So I just YouTube university, like <laughs> straight up, man, I would start where, you know, I started with like the fundamentals of the camera right. and I would just, where a lot of people were binging Netflix shows and watching TV. I was just YouTubing, YouTubing. And yeah. i was just learning and i was taking notes and i was just like absorbing all this and then i, love that. I so i reached out to dustin and i was like yo is this weird <laughs> but i think you're my neighbor and okay. like hey i just bought a you know a new camera if y'all ever like need help on a set or whatever you know anything i could do like i don't i'll come out work for free just like learn i just would like to be on set and like learn some stuff and he was like, yeah, dude, you know, whatever. So we started like hanging out at the pool. And- Hold on.
0: I, I really want to point that out. I think this is an important lesson at whatever your age you're at. If you're looking at an opportunity, if you could just say
1: what you did right there again, you, re- <laughs> you reach out yeah. to somebody and you said, hey. I I had read. I mean, in fairness, I don't know if it was like my own intuition or if I had heard like this is just kind of that I should do it. But I told them I would work for free just to, you know, get the experience and learn. And now in hindsight, you know, I, I'm like, that was the breaking point because at the time they, they still, we still are a startup, but at the time, they really didn't have budget for like someone to come shoot behind the scenes. Cause that's basically what I told them. I was like, Hey, if you ever need like a behind the scenes photographer, you know, I just bought a camera and I'm, I'm okay with it, you know, whatever. And that's, that was the, the deciding factor really because that was the one like probably three four weeks later he texted me and he was like yo we've got a uh i got an opportunity if you want to come shoot bts like we need someone to shoot it but there's no budget and the call time is like really early it's like 4 a.m and i was like "Book it i'll be there mm. and i don't think they really expected that because i at the time i'm roofing full-time still okay so i took uh i took a day off of roofing and that that call was abraham's abraham alexander's music video for stay which was pro- one of the cooler things that they had done at the time
0: is that the that video where so i remember seeing you get into photography and then i remember like being like like you were taking like outdoor photos and then one day it was like boom like you're taking photos for like this legitimate professional uh musician is yeah. that the video where you were like he was at the pool all day yeah. and like oh yeah. you got to tell people about that i think that's such a really cool story and, and the fact that you were there like doing that
1: yeah that's that was the video and it so it was basically it was just a music video it was a low budget you know that was his parents house they have a really nice house um in montserrat which is like a really pristine neighborhood in fort worth mm-hmm. and they i didn't understand the concepts of anything because i had never been on a set of any kind i'd never done anything like that and honestly i I didn't know what i was getting myself into i was just like yeah i'll do it but then really i mean i was having like severe anxiety because i'm i'm feeling like i don't know what i'm doing like are these gonna be bad am i gonna i I didn't know so it was just a 4 a.m call time i we go i get there and you're really getting the experience of like a set because they've got all this camera equipment all these stands all the stuff that you don't know that goes on in a production is there and they're speaking all these terms i've never heard they're calling my my
0: hands are getting sweaty right now oh yeah
1: man i was (laughs) i was like i really just had to i try to focus on my breathing like i do i'm an anxious person so you know i i have to like calm it down i usually like and i relate it to sports like i feel like sports kind of helped me like hey when it's getting a little if you're getting in a close game and you're getting a little nervous like i'm usually good with like bringing myself down centering myself and like breathing That's and then you know clutching it i would say I like that yeah but so i'm there and they're calling like extension cords they call them stingers they're like hey can you grab that c stand can you do this and i'm like dude i i don't know Any of this. So, you know, we shoot that video and it was um like one of the scenes. Well, actually, one of the photos went viral on Reddit. And it was the photo where he so he's standing there and he's playing his guitar and the cameraman's right in front of him. And at one point, one of the scenes, they both fall in the water sideways together. And we only had one one shot to do it and got it. And one of those photos, like I got where they're, man, they're, like, probably a foot and a half off the water. They're both, like, completely flat.
0: Almost, like, inverted.
1: Yeah, and they're about to fall in the water. And that was the photo that went viral on Reddit.
0: Wait, so one of your photos actually went viral on Reddit?
1: Yeah. I mean, not, like, crazy viral. No, no, no,
0: but, like, you got some clout on Reddit. And I didn't even know that, so I'm actually, like, right now. So for people that are trying to imagine this, it's a musician and a camera guy facing each other. And they both try to fall into the pool at the same time. And you're saying that you got that shot where they're like probably like maybe two or three inches from going yeah. into the pool at the same time.
1: Yeah, they're looking at each other. Yeah. They're stiff as a board and they're falling in. And, you know, it's like I think one of the key things for me of succeeding at those, that, you know, that first opportunity was the amount of work that I put in like behind the scenes of trying to learn. As I really, like, I'm kind of obsessive, you know, anything I do, I try to, like, deconstruct, reverse engineer how to do it. And then I work backwards from there and I, really I do try to, a, like, implement it.
0: I do have a question for you in that process, because I really, I like that a lot, that you, you go through that process of being real detail-oriented. Um, how often, because this is a problem that I really suffered from for a really long time, probably up until, like, November of 2020. But I was really bad about paralysis by analysis. So I would have this incredible idea. And then I would overthink it so long, never act on it, then I would think of a new thing. So I would never really act on these great ideas that I had. So in your process of really like deconstructing ideas and things like that, do you just move on it when you have it figured out? Or do you kind of like, you know, have paralysis by analysis as well?
1: No, No, um, I 100% agree with you and I have the same problem (laughs) to this day, you know, it's, I've talked about it endlessly with Lauren, my wife, with, you know, whoever it's like, I'm a dreamer. And like, I always am like trying to think of these great ideas or whatever. And a lot of times I think of them, I'll start it. And then I think it might be attention related, you know, because like, I'm always just like this, I never stop. So I feel like sometimes I need to just, not try to be doing so much, narrow it down. And like, if I want to do something, make sure I want to do it and then do it instead of starting it and then not finishing it. Like you're saying, because that is a problem I have.
0: I love that. And you know, I've, I have, I can't imagine my life any other way now when I like flip that switch, it just opened up a lot for me and it looks like me quitting both my jobs and just being a self-sustaining like entrepreneur. And then it looks like me just throwing crap on the wall, starting this podcast and just refining it over time. But Again, I can't imagine my life not taking action like I have in like the past year. So it's a beautiful thing when you kind of just snap out of that and then you kind of trust yourself and you make scary jumps every single day.
1: Absolutely. And I don't think that, I mean, <clears throat> a lot of my situation was luck, you know? I mean, I did happen to live under and beside two guys that already had an established creative agency. You know, they're making they've done, we've done all the music videos for Abraham, but I personally have only worked on two and that was just those, but all of Abraham's stuff, like they had already been doing, um, you know, so it's, it it is a little luck, but I, one time I heard a quote about, um, luck, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Mm. And like, ever since I heard that, I was like, it's stuck with me and that's, i feel like that's what it was it was luck you know someone from the outside might look at me and be like oh you you met these guys and you, you know that's what put you here because in theory like on a foundational level that might be true but if i didn't put in the work and the hours and hours and hours of just trying to learn and i'm obsessively learning everything about my camera and composition and this or that like that is what made me succeed when the opportunity got there
0: yeah, I think that when you read that article in the newspaper, I think that Instagram message to your your neighbor looks a lot different if you hadn't been learning about cameras. Instead right. of like, hey, man, I just got this. I'm not great at it, but I'm willing to work hard. And, you know, if you need somebody else, let me know. Versus, right. hey, dude, I saw you in the newspaper. Like, those are way different uh, conversations. And I absolutely speak to you going about and learning. So, what would you say your role is at this creative agency now? And, and what does like a day to day look like for you when you're working on a
1: project? um i would say so i mean it's we're a startup so there's only four of us five of us now um and i've been work so ever since that day like i haven't i've been working with them ever since i love that and and it started with just being like the behind the scenes photographer you know and then it grew to like they would have me out you know i got started getting paid for stuff i'd come and be like an ac which is an assistant cam You know, so I'm helping the guy that's running the camera with anything he needs, swapping lenses or whatever. And then um, they approached me about hiring me at least a year ago, probably more. And I was like, look, I, I just can't, you know, I can't turn down my roofing money. So I'll try to do them both. And so I would come do things when I could, or they would hire me out as a freelancer. And then, you know, when, when my job thing switched, they approached me and were like, Hey, we'd like to hire you full time. You know, you're like the kind of person that we want here. Like you obviously, like you're good with your camera at this, at this point, like, I've gotten a lot better than when I started, but you're just, you know, like you're kind of, you can do a lot of things. Like you're not really down or, you know, you're not, um, you don't have an ego. You don't mind like doing this or doing that. Or it's like, you're kind of just like, yeah, I'll do that so they approached me about hiring me and it was really a i don't i don't know if i would have an an exact title like because all of us do a lot of everything Mm. dustin and aj dustin directs most of everything that we do uh aj is the producer but aj was like in finance for 12 years (laughs) so he is still a financial advisor and he's like trying to get out of that and make 12 midnight his full-time dustin used to sell cabinets um, and he got out of that recently to make this their full-time little baby. And since I've came on, it's grown a ton. It's chem- It's gone from just them two hiring out freelancers for everything to they hired a brand manager, Chloe. She basically handles everything on social media, everything you see visually of how the brand looks. And then they hired me to basically to shoot and edit but i'm kind of trying to focus more on the shooting side Mm -hmm. so like i would be the director of photography for like i basically film everything that we do um photography like we did that tx whiskey shoot that's one of our big clients i shot all the photos i was the lead photographer on that
0: i man i again just your trajectory within such a short amount of time but i I think it really speaks to your ability to to soak in information and be open to learning. And I think there's so many lessons too, from what I heard when they were like, Hey, we want to hire you. You don't really have an ego, but it's those li- like little intangibles that you have that you're, you were doing all that education outside. Like you were ready when you needed to be ready. And the fact that they wanted to take a chance on you, like this is a startup. So you're going to have to wear a lot of hats and they, they had that trust. You know, I just think that's so cool.
1: Right. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's, you know, that's what it is. And I, I, it's a little stressful to, to have to wear all the hats, but you know, it, it's, I'm gaining like invaluable experience now like, yeah. exponentially because I'm just kind of got thrown into the fire and I just learned so fast. And then if I don't know something, I'll find out, you know, I'll research. I'm just really good at figuring out how to figure out.
0: <laughs> no, it's, it's, I agree. And it, it's that entrepreneurial spirit, man. It's that grit that you kind of like was forged when you, it's your upbringing and things like that. You just learn how to figure things out. And I know that I'm, I'm the exact same way, but I think for me, it was obviously upbringing, but it was also my research background where you have this huge project in front of you and like you have a mentor, but not really. It's really autonomous experience and like, you know, they're there, but they're also not there. So a lot of the time when I was doing research and, you know, I'm typing up this thesis, that's over hundred pages of research I felt like I was always drowning in the ocean, but like, at the oh, end, yeah. you figure out how to get it done. So yeah, like I, one I, day at a time. Yeah. Keep your world small one day at a time. So I just, I love that, that, that position that you're in now.
1: Yeah. It's um, it's crazy. I still am like kind of <laughs> mind blown. And you know, when people hear that, that's why I was like, yeah, you know, I'd love to come Cause I, it would be cool if, even if one person hears it and they're like, and they hate their life or their job, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, dude, you can turn a hobby into a job. You can turn a, I mean, you don't have to stay stuck where you are if you don't want to be, you know, and I am a perfect example of, I didn't, I mean, I stumbled on this. I had a bit of luck, but also prepared like behind the scenes more harder than, you know, anyone. Yeah. And I think, I kind of relate, you know, like I said earlier, like I related to a lot of my sports upbringing, like my life growing up wasn't easy. So like, I just feel like I'm tougher than the average person. And my perspective is a lot different than the average person just from my life and the way that, you know, it's gone and my upbringing and the things that have happened to me. So I feel like that gives me a different perspective than a lot of people. And I'm just, I kind of just, I don't worry about a lot of the bullshit and I just kind of like zero in on what do i want wh- how where do i want to be and i'm you know like i'm not perfect by any means you know so i definitely i'm human like i have paralysis what would you call it and paralysis by paralysis
0: analysis. by analysis yeah that's
1: a good term because i definitely have that you know there's days where i'm just down and i don't feel like i'm doing good enough but i feel like that's to- that's just being a human um,
0: absolutely it's the human I,
1: it's a it's a crazy world, but I, you know, I wouldn't change it. It's cool to be here and to have like had a, not a dream. Like I didn't dream about being here, but I did, you know, I looked at it at the beginning. I'm like, I look at all these people that are doing cool things, you know, in my mind, to me, I'm like, man, that's cool. How could I do that? And now I'm doing that, you know? So it's, I sometimes I still am like, (laughs) <laughs> Camp, like the TX whiskey, the um, you know, like the the Abraham and the Black Pumas, you know, I'm like backstage filming all this stuff. And, you know, like we I did a tour with Abe in California. We did a three, three, four. I think it was a three or four show. Oh
0: travel so out to California with Abe and or Abraham Alexander and in, in at his California shows and shoot stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we did um, <clears throat> mostly video. So a lot of the stuff nowadays is like video. So I started photography, but like 80% of what I do now, probably 90% of what I do now is just video. So that's interesting. Better.
0: That's interesting. And I, I have two parts. I'm For those that can't see, I'm wearing a black Pumas hat and I had no idea that he actually got to shoot black Pumas because he said Abraham opened up for them. Yep. So, yeah, it's just, again, serendipitous that I'm wearing this hat. I love, I love the Black Pumas. Um, their, their beer is great. They have a great beer. Um, but the fact that you got to shoot them, I just think that's so cool. Uh, and th- then you're traveling out to California and shooting shows. I do have a question. What what's Is there a huge difference between, like, photography and then, like, taking video? Or is that kind of just, like, a seamless skill development? Like, you learned it really quickly. Like, it's not that different.
1: Uh, it's totally it's 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 definitely different. I mean, it's it's a polar opposite in a way, but it's you use some of the same tools, and like, you know, visually you're doing the same thing, you shoot it the same, but it's it's very different to think it was it was a struggle for me originally, because you know, taking a photo, it's a still, and you can still take like those compositional ideas and apply it to a video, Mm -hmm. but. It doesn't work the same because you're moving or things are moving. So right. And the way to move your camera, I mean, it's so much, it's like learning a different thing. I mean, you can, there's photographers who are terrible, like amazing photographers who mm-hmm. can't shoot video to save their life and vice versa. So I, I feel like I started with not wanting to do video really. And then now I'm like, I do very, photography very little. That's so and interesting. It's like, like mainly video. And so,
0: gosh, I have so many questions. Like when you're shooting like a concert or something like that, is that the same as considered like when you're watching movie like cinematography? Is that are those similar concepts or just completely different?
1: I would say that's totally different. Yeah, it's wow. more like just you're just a videographer if you're shooting a concert. You know, if you're filming a concert or whatever, but cinematography is like that's kind of where my head's going now. It's like I, I was like to...
0: I like now that you have this knowledge because I feel like there's a camera, right? But it doesn't just mean there's a photo. I feel like there's so many nuances to what a camera can do. And oh, so by by learning all the skills that you've learned, whether it's videography and taking photos, has it changed the way you watch TV shows and movies?
1: Oh, oh yeah, ah, that's yeah. So cool. It's it's cool in a way but then it's not because it's just like you know uh have you seen ted lasso not no not yet you gotta watch ted lasso but that's like one of the it's really well done it's shot really well like just the framing and on like a technical level Mm -hmm. in my mind when i'm watching stuff now like yeah i see it but there's also a part in there where they use um like a green screen for the, the soccer field yeah. And it drives me crazy every time I'm watching because as soon as I see the soccer field and I see them running, it doesn't look natural. And I know that that's fake and it, uh, it, it bothers me. So, but yeah, I, I'm definitely watching movies differently now. That's so
0: cool because, you know, I played college baseball. So if I watch a game on TV, I'm seeing the game differently than some people you know, I can pick up on things. And so that's how I wish I could watch soccer because I'm a huge fan of soccer. And I know that on that pitch, it's a huge chess match, whether it's specific passes (laughs) or the tempo. And I just wish I understood that more. So I know that when I'm watching a TV show or a movie that I think is so beautifully shot that it's like stimulating my mind and it's making me think of things like, I know there's so much behind that, that I have no idea what it like even went into that. So have you ever seen Mr. Robot
1: no, but I've seen frames yes. of the way it's shot. And it is it is definitely, in cinematography, Mr. Robot's like, a, I've heard a, a ton of people talk about how it's uniquely shot.
0: Oh, it's so beautiful. And again, <laughs> I have no idea what's going on behind the scenes, but <laughs> I, I can appreciate the art. So I think that's so cool that you're headed in that direction.
1: Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't have a desire to, like, make a movie or anything, mm-hmm. but I definitely, I love things that are, shot and lit really well that just look like a movie you know the cinema cinematic aspect of it
0: so what do you what would you say the next like maybe one to three years looks like for you whether it's at 12 midnight did i say that correct by the way 12 midnight, yeah, 12 midnight. whether it's at 12 midnight or you start picking up other types of jobs what as a professional professional and what would i call you like photographer videographer or um
1: you could. i mean what either it's kind of hard you know it's like to me it seems so weird to call myself that because it's like i've only been shooting video for a year not even a year you are that though so i'll just say yeah professional
0: guy with camera what do you
1: say (laughs) (laughs) i would say like right now my goal would be like the director of photography where i'm at so i'm in charge of whatever you like you work with the director hand in hand to like For the final image like what you see put out is sorry um that's like so mr robot the director of photography is in charge of the framing Mm -hmm. the way that you see everything set up the director has his vision and so you know like on a set i would be working if i'm the director of photography and you're the director you're telling me you know and then previously like you've got hours of storyboarding and creative meetings and like this is what we're going to do this is where the lighting is going to be this is the lights we're going to use you know like the i want to see like a a tight shot on his eyes here because you know he's stressed Mm. you know what i'm saying like there's so much thought that goes into like the lens you choose the framing you choose and the emotion like that you're trying to appeal to
0: so let me just reflect this back to you to see if i have this right but somebody comes with you to you with this concept and then y'all storyboard it out for hours conceptualizing how you would put that together and then you bring that to reality yep that is wild yeah it's it's
1: crazy and it that's the part of this whole thing that is like crazy to me that i never knew existed Mm because you watch a movie and you're just like if you're ignorant to anything that goes on with a movie you watch it and you're like oh man that was a great movie but you don't realize just How much time goes into just maybe like one scene yeah you know or the how much time goes into creating the concept like that tx whiskey shoot for example that was a that was a lifestyle shoot and this is a little different because it's photography but it's same concept that was a life we we shot all of their product photos in studio it was like 140 and then the there was like three legs to the shoot the second one was um so it's product. I don't remember one of them, but the third was the lifestyle. So it's basically all their merch out in the world, like being worn and used. So we rented a horse ranch out in Weatherford as a location. Um, hired models. We had like six models that were hired. That was like a fifteen-person crew out there at this. We had an RV for the models to like hang out in. In between because it was like hundred degrees that day and it was a twelve hour shoot. Mm-hmm. Um we you know you we had you know Seager, the Western brand. They're kind of like I don't think so. Seeger Co. They're that was one of our inspirations that um I put in. They're kind of like a gritty, like they call themselves a Western brand, but they're really more of like a lifestyle. I think guy. I I think I have <laughs> it,
0: in it. Do you wear some stuff from them? Yeah. Okay. I probably
1: yeah, have. To. it's like just a cool brand and like a lot of their lifestyle stuff is really cool. Like one of their photos, they were hanging out in the back of a, like an old Ford truck on a dirt road, you know, and they're driving and they're drinking Coors Light and you see their stuff. So we put all that into like the storyboard and like, this is the concept, mm. you know? So it's all put together with actual images of like things that we liked and uh, maybe like a, an actual photo that I want to reference when I'm out there shooting. And then we build it all out and we go out there and like, we have different locations that we're going to be shooting at based on that. And I'm trying to recreate that, you know, like the whole mood that we set, we're trying to like capture that and put it with TX. And
0: And I I find that so fun too, because I see there, in my opinion, I I feel like there's multiple layers from that. So, One, it's really fun and you're passionate about shooting things, but also you're also getting to shoot something that you're passionate about that really resonated with you. And you're trying to recreate that in your own art. And that just seems really cool
1: to me. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the process is cool. I kind of like in, you know, your position or a lot of things, like you hear people talk about, I love the process. Mm -hmm. And now I understand that more than I ever have because I never really understood it. But now I, you know, like once you do it, it's like, the starting from nothing and then, you know, putting like the collective minds together to think of the idea and the concept and then like how we one to look. And then, you know, you put all this work in and then you go out and you, you know, you nail it in essence. It's cool to like, you know, you work through it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. As a researcher, I went on to publish my, my work, but I remember sitting down it was like March of 2018 and I conceptualized this study and like you bring it to your mentor and then she helps you refine it. And it took me like two and a half, three years to get it published. But that whole process of designing a protocol, looking at older things that have been done and, and putting together those rules, it helps you create this criteria to do something. So I understand what you're talking about with um, the process. So we were just talking about Fort Worth opened up a new music venue. Do you have any like dream artists that you would like to shoot like during their concert?
1: Mm, man, I would say like, I think someone like a rapper would be way cool, just because they always have like cool lights and stuff set up. But are we talking Drake? Are we talking Kanye? Certified. like or? Travis Scott? Oh, okay, like that. But it, I don't really, honestly. I haven't. I don't really dream about shooting artists. I. It's so stressful, <laughs> and like that's one thing because we went and just we just saw, went and saw City in color, in Dallas. And now that, I mean, COVID, like, you know, took out so much of the music industry. Sure. And now that I go back and watch a show, I'm like, I much prefer going and just watching a show Got so it. I can enjoy it. Because when you're shooting, like, it's stressful. Like, your brain is working constantly. And I'm like, how can I make, you know, I am only have access to the, you know, the pit in front of the stage. Like, how can I do something different than every other person that's going to be around shooting it? That's so it's, it's stressful. It's like you're, you know, that creative brain is just like pumping for an hour. So from
0: what I heard, you kind of just want to chill like maybe in the upper deck and have a couple beers or something. Yeah. I just
1: want to <laughs> hang and listen and listen. I I don't think I don't enjoy shooting music really anymore. Not like just going and photographing like a band. If it's like maybe like Abe or something and I'm working for You know that, but really, most of the stuff with Abraham now is like video. You know, we're trying to do.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's a big distinction though from like going to concert and shooting versus all right. There's a very methodical process to creating this music video. It's a lot more like. uh, Would you agree with that? It's more of a process and preparation. Oh yeah,
1: and that's cool. We're typically like, I I don't know the end result of all the footage we're getting with Abe, but I think we're we're trying to do like some sort of documentary series. Based on because we he did um he did a a studio he recorded his album back in May I think his first album and we went to studio and filmed for four days and it was a studio up in um, near Denton and it was in this old like man it's it's probably like four or five acres. And you pull up on this dirt road and you're i was we got there and i was like what are we doing you know i'm expecting like a nice like big studio you're like is this Um, where it ends is this yeah i was like this has got to be the wrong address and i pull in and there's just this big red barn in the back old red barn and they've got goats and horses and i'm like they're not making music back here but i go in and the whole inside of this barn is like gutted and is like a million dollar studio inside and just the really the coolest vibe but we were in there for four days i rotated with Dustin; he went a day i did another and we were just filming everything for hours you know it's uh-huh. like like you would see on you know um what was travis scott's documentary he had mama i have you seen that no is it good oh yeah 100 percent. you should watch that just I mean, not I like think, a big travis scott fan well i mean i'm not like a big travis scott groupie he just seemingly puts out Cool, cool stuff. But that look, I think it's Look Mom I Can Fly. That's the documentary.
0: I'll look into it.
1: But it's just like behind the scenes of like the making of it. And you get to see like the process of and they recorded it on tape. So it's like old school. You gotta run it back, you know, rewind in the tape. That's cool. it. It was just like a cool process to see. But all the stuff that we shoot for him is basically in the future, you know. Yeah. To make some sort of a documentary series or a big documentary.
0: I, I have a couple more, we got like 10 minutes left for this OU football game. starts. <laughs> I got you. It's the chase for eight. We're, I believe OU is going to win the national championship, but you had this epic proposal to your, your now um, wife, Lauren wife, right? Or is it mm. okay. Yeah. Congratulations, man. Um, it Thank was you. honestly one of the coolest proposals I've ever seen. Can you just tell people where you did that and how you went about accomplishing that?
1: Yeah, it was a I <clears throat> I proposed at Yosemite National Park. It was, the that was the first time that she had been there. So whenever I did my backpacking trip, that was one of the spots that I went. And it was really like the one that stuck with me the most. It's just, I think everybody should go to Yosemite at some point in their life to see it. It's, you can't really put it into words. You can't put it in the, pic- I mean, pictures, some of the pictures will do that place justice. But really, you just have to go and see it. Mm-hmm. And you know we dated for forever and for the longest time i was like i wasn't an anti-marriage guy um i think for my entire life i've been i try to go the route that everyone else is not you know whether it's the way i dressed or things i wore things i did or whatever i just i hated being a conformist excuse me and so I was just like kind of stuck in the immature, like, I don't need to get married just because everyone says I should. And it's like, then I kind of got older and I'm like, you know, it's not really, to me, it's not the traditional sense. You know, it was like, I don't know. It was like, I kind of had just like a click of a moment where I'm like, I do want to marry her. And it's not because that's the tradition or it's not because of the, that's what someone else is telling me to do. It's because I want to marry her. I love her.
0: I love that.
1: So, and I kind of just felt like I had waited so long. You know, we dated seven, six years, seven years before I proposed, and it was always like, "When are you proposing? When are you proposing?" And I'm sure she got tired of hearing it, and I got tired. Way, of-
0: I hate those questions. I feel like people yeah. should probably just not be nosy and like minor. Right.
1: <clears throat> you know what? If I'm never proposing, I feel like. I was you know i was test driving the car to be sure that that's the one i wanted and i like i didn't want to make the mistake of like a lot of people these days you know half the marriages end in divorce so know, I, I didn't want to like oh i feel like i'm in love and i love her and i want to get married after two years and then you know five years later i'm divorced i just wanted to make sure that it was certain you know like i'm certain she's certain, I feel like she's, you know, like, I just wanted that compatibility. And I don't know, I'm, I guess I'm like a romantic, you know, in a way, like, I just wanted to do something cool when I proposed. And so I just like conjured up this plan. I hired, I, I searched on Instagram hashtags, like Yosemite, you know, photographer. Okay. Elopement photographer. Like, I was just scouring Instagram hashtags and I found a photographer that I liked. I found two. Um, I reached out to both of them. One of them is the one that ended up doing it. So I basically paid for him to fly out, stay there. Um, we had conjured up this plan. Wow. Uh, so, like, we're going to meet here. Um, I had never met him and I had never been to the spot that I did it. So it was a little nerve wracking but he had so he had experience there so he like fills me in and he's like look we can do it here in the sunrise we can do it here at sunset but i think we should do it here for the sunrise it's like really beautiful and the funny story you got 10 minutes still okay so the funny story is the night before um so we rented a van that's like one of the things that we a lot of people always like seem to love that we, we rent a van it's like a camper van already built out from um outdoorsy if anyone listening ever wants to like do it i would recommend it so outdoorsy is a cool one and rv share is another cool website you can rent like a camper van it's got all your amenities that you would need out on the road and you know you can sleep in the back it's a full-on like queen mattress in there so we rented a van and we didn't have a campsite or a spot at yosemite because it's just booked forever so we had to stay either outside the park or sleep like find a spot but you can only do it in like marked areas and lauren had never slept in a van lauren hadn't really i don't remember at that point if she had camped very much but we basically were like sleeping in the van waking up but we had to be close enough to where it was like not going to be a forever drive Mm -hmm. so the night before like we're parked just at a rest stop like right off the road it's just like a big parking lot we're the only one there it's pitch black and we're like backed in and we're like making a sandwich and the back of our van you open up both doors and there's like a little sink back there and so we're like getting ready for dinner and i'm like starting to get nervous because i know like we gotta wake up at like 4 30 for the sunrise right yeah because we had like an hour drive up there and i had to be ready you know at the spot and we don't have signal until like the next day i guess when you get up there i don't even remember if i had signal but so me and chris had had this plan it's like we're gonna meet here at this time um you know he'll he'll find us he knows what i look like and the good thing was that lauren didn't know him i didn't know him so it was inconspicuous but yeah, i also didn't know him either so it was a little nerve-wracking but i'm making a sandwich. lauren's back there making a the sandwich And, you know, she's scared of bears. Like everyone that ever goes to the mountains that doesn't have a lot of experience is just like thinks that there's just bears out there waiting to like Mm -hmm. attack you and kill you. And so I'm like stressing out. I'm moody because I'm just nervous. And I go to the back and there's like lunch meat on the ground. And I'm like, what? you can't be scared of bears but you're dropping lunch meat on the ground you know this is how you attract bears right so there's nowhere to like get rid of the meat so i have to like rinse it off with water and eat the lunch meat that was on the ground to get rid of it because you can't keep like open food in your you know in your van that's what's going to attract them and then i'm like asking her you know what are you going to wear tomorrow you know without being like hey wear something nice i had told her the whole plan was hey, bring some nice clothes. I want to take pictures of you at Yosemite, you know, okay. like as I was practicing. So it was a good little like segue to get her to do it. And then the morning of she's like, oh, I'm just going to wear, you know, my, uh, my Columbia and these leggings or something. And I'm like, no, dude. And I'm like pissed off. And she's like getting a little cranky at me because I'm like, no, don't wear that. And so I like, think she takes the Columbia pullover off and puts on a denim jacket that really just spices it up yeah so we make the drive it's like an hour i get there we walk up i'm like about to throw up i'm so nervous and i wasn't nervous that i she was going to say no at all like i know she's going to say yes i was just nervous and i had like logistics making sure they match up yes and i had written like bullet points of you know things i wanted to say to touch on and then I got up there. So we're standing there. I set my camera up. I actually videoed it. Funny thing is I videoed it in slow motion, like super slow motion. Oh, cool. I, didn't know I did that. That was before I knew how to work my camera. Right. And so I set the camera up. We go stand. We're like overlooking and I'm just like standing there with her, you know, rubbing her arm waiting for the sun to come up. Cause that was the cue. When the sun comes up over the half dome, Chris was going to come. So the sun peaks and I hear I hear someone behind us run up right behind me. And I wasn't prepared to like, I thought, okay, when I'm ready to do it, I'll do it. And he'll be there. But when the sun came up, he runs in behind me and gets in the position. And I knew like, I heard the feet and I knew and my heart starts like fluttering. And I'm like, oh my God, because I wasn't, I didn't want to be pressured to do it. Then I was like, all right, whenever I get the courage, then do it. So I'm like reaching for the ring. I got skinny jeans, black skinny jeans on. I can't get the big ass box out of my back pocket. And then I started to do it and I kneel down and I was like, I was like, Hey. And she looks at me and then I had like just this golf ball in my throat and oh I man. couldn't talk. I couldn't say anything. My voice just sounds like whatever. And I was like, I had some stuff to say, but I can't talk. <laughs> And then I asked her. And then now we're here.
0: I love that, man. That's just how that ended up. Like you hear the footsteps and I think that may have been like the push she needed to just like, Oh yeah. But I, I love hearing that, man. So, uh, thank you so much for coming on today, man. This was a very cool, um, just getting to learn about how you thrust yourself into the industry of photography and videography. And again, if you had just like one last tip for somebody that's, you know, for anybody at any age, what would you have for them to kind of get themselves to be where they want to be? Like, just take the chance? or
1: Yeah, I mean, really, you know, narrow down what you like, things you like, you know, what are you passionate about? And figure out how, you know, reverse engineer, if you have people you look up to, you know, reach out, ask them, you know, they may not respond or whatever, but, you know, reach out and ask, like, or reach out and just try to be bring value to someone in a way that's gonna help them, you know, because you can't just ask, take, take, you know, you can't take, 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 it's a two way street. So if you can help someone, if you can offer service, you know, if you can shadow someone or help someone out or, you know, in any way, like do it and then, you know, start making moves for yourself. You know, I don't, I, one thing is I don't, I hate the way that, society is now where you're just like expected to do the traditional Mm. nine to five, you know, you got to do this. Like, I don't think that everyone has to just do a job that they hate or that they dislike. You know, I think it isn't like, it's not all sunshine and rainbows though. It's going to be, it is hard. It's a pain, but you know, if, if you don't, if you're not happy where your life is, I think you should, you know, analyze it take the steps that you want take steps to where you want to be and then like move forward with it and yeah and don't like I don't know it's not a yeah I I I think I've covered it I
0: think you know that man and I think as I interview more people what I'm learning is there's two common things I keep hearing about but it's find a way to be of service to others and then ask for help. So if you kind of combine those, like ask for help when you need it, whether it's a mentor or somebody that's doing something that you would maybe be interested in doing and then find a way to provide them value or, or, you know, be of service. So again, thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, when you're up to more projects and all that, would you, I would love to have you on again, just so you can talk about stuff like that. Would you be open to that?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it's fun.
0: Thank you, man. How was your first podcast experience?
1: It was great. It was cool.